Smash Cut. A technique in film where one scene abruptly cuts to another without transition. Much like a typical conversation with me and my friends when discussing film, television, music, video games, or anything else that happens to come up. This is the idea behind the show, Smash Cuts. Hello, and welcome to Smash Cuts. I'm with David Maldonado. Woo! Jacqueline Kemick. Hello. And I'm Rich Caban, and together we are Smash Cuts. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Woo! Yay! We still are Smash Cuts. We still are Smash Cuts. Yep. Yeah, what happened to us uh, is if, uh, we were recording our last show back in 2015, and I pressed a button, we all froze. So this is the unfreezing process. <laughs> um, the good thing is, you know, we didn't have to wait like everybody else did for all these other things they were excited about for uh, the end of 2015. <laughs> so we got to see everything. But uh, the bad news is, is I, I aged terribly within that one year, so I don't know what happened. So, how are you guys doing? Not bad. Doing well. It's been a very strange year, and, and uh, our first show back, it's kind of bittersweet with um, one of the things mm. that was announced today is uh, uh, the death of David Bowie, which came out of complete nowhere. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. Didn't even know he was sick, didn't even know... You know that there was any uh, anything wrong. I, I actually, I, I his new album had just come out on Friday, and I was, you know, been listening to bits and pieces of it, and I was listening to it last night when I found out, uh, ironically. But wow. uh, and I was thinking to myself, oh, that's cool. I wonder if he's going to tour. It was, literally was the mm -hmm. last thought I was thinking. <laughs> so well, I, mean, I I did wonder for a long time um, because he didn't tour very much. I, I wondered yeah. about health issues. Um, it didn't keep me up at night, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like yeah. I, that had crossed my mind, and I don't know if that really is the case. I don't know if this something is is something that came out of the blue. I didn't do the research today. Um, I just know that it was it was definitely tough to wake up to. Um, I was at work very late last night, so I slept way in. So by the time I opened my newsfeed, it was just a wall of you know anguish and respect and love, and it was yeah, it was pretty rough. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm sure that's something that we all shared. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird how, you know, and, you know, going back to the fact that, you know, we didn't, it came out of nowhere. Uh, it's like there were weird rumors back and forth, like superficial rumors, like he's fat. That's why he's not on tour. You yeah. know, yeah. And shit yeah. like that. Yeah. And you're just like, wow, that's really crazy. But, you know, you kind of, you kind of understand because he's been thin his whole life and he, mm. you know, I don't know. Just like, but it was such a weird thing. I'm like, I don't think he would give a shit, you know, if the yeah. music. So. Um. Yeah. It. 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 It's almost a relief that he wasn't that shallow. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I hadn't it, heard that one. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. Like I heard it on the radio show, so I'm, I'm sure not everybody was saying it, but um, but yeah, it, it was uh, the radio shows. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Those old-fashioned radio <laughs> shows. In the news today. Da, 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 da. That's what I pictured the way David said it in the radio show. <laughs> Sure. No. Oh, and my mom, I was talking, of course, I called my mom immediately. I was like, ah, so we could cry together emotionally. Um, but uh, she even said this morning when she got up, she got up early at like 7, 730 or something. And on her, um, I guess, Yahoo News page that opens up on her desktop and everything where where the news is, there was like a little tiny flash. And before she even turned around, it was replaced by, you know, Golden Globe. Uh -huh. you know, stuff and she she was more upset by that 
I think, than the initial news. She was yeah. just like, how is this more important? How is this mm-hmm. what Entertainment Weekly decides to report on most? And I don't so know if they went back to it. Comedy. Like, but yeah. yeah, and it's just, oh, man. She's well, like, who happened. cares about Leonardo DiCaprio? And I didn't go into the whole meme you know, with yeah, her about everybody fun. being so upset about Leo, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's true. But but on I had the complete adverse um, experience where everything was Bowie. But I know that the opening Facebook and then opening a regular news site is something different because you kind yeah. of surround yourself with like-minded people and you click on things that have news stories that are relevant to you. So the world of my Facebook would be very different from, you know, the world of Donald Trump's Facebook, you know, like, yeah, so no, no. it would be very, um, you know, very personalized. Uh, what do you, what do you want to call it? So Epitaph think, almost. Though, I heard he's a really big fan of uh, Zorro the Gay Blade. So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, it happened. At, I had, I was up pretty late last night, so it happened right around two thirty Cause I, that's about when I saw it. And it was one person posted something about it, and I immediately thought, "Oh, that's some fake thing," you know. Cause I, I don't. Mm-hmm. Cause he always. That's what I thought the first thing I saw too. Yeah. yeah. And then I there was only like one news story on it online at the time, and it was, but it was a little more mysterious. They didn't really even say what, the, you know, how he had died, or you know, now mm-hmm. that now it was reported that he seemed to, have, you know, he had cancer. They didn't really say what mm-hmm. cancer, but for the last eighteen months, he knew he was going to die. So. Yeah. Yes. Um, it might have been what fueled his final, you know, swan song, as yeah. it were, right? And even the documentary, because that documentary was pretty extensive. I, like I always mm-hmm. thought to myself, it's odd they're not talking to him mm-hmm. when you when you saw that documentary. Did you guys mm-hmm. catch that one? No. no. Oh, it's so awesome! It goes through. It's basically, it it's. It goes through the decades, sort of, because. Wait, are you talking about the one that came out a few years ago? It's. It came out like two years ago, didn't it? Was it? Was because I did a, watch a Bowie documentary a few years ago. I don't remember the name of it. I don't remember what it was called, but it was. I remember oh. it was new, but it was. It was one where they went decade by decade with him. Yeah, I did yeah. see that. I forget, yeah, yeah. Oh, what was the name of that one? I can't. I yeah, I can't remember the name of it either. But it was great. Yeah. Was it really showed you? You know, you, everyone always credits Madonna for reinventing herself, but it, but they mm-hmm. never really talk about how Bowie kind of purposely did that you know just kind of decided you know ziggy stardust is you know is dead and now this is my new incarnation you don't think people talk about i i don't know i i feel like that's something that's celebrated from him i don't i don't think that's well right now yeah they're definitely celebrating that people are you know in hindsight you know realizing how much of a significance he was on on the culture of music and you Mm -hmm. know the glam rock scene and all that other stuff and his and his constant reinvention um Mm -hmm. you know i I, I have to admit, I wasn't a David Bowie guy when I was younger. Uh, you know, I listened to a lot of different kinds of music, so mostly ridiculous disco and <laughs> stuff like that. And then in my, you know, early teens, it was, uh, you know, crazy metal and stuff. But, um, you know, in my 20s, I learned to appreciate his music more and, and you know, all aspects of his music. And especially because he was, like, what, in, in, what, 95 or 96? He started pumping out, like, this crazy electronic material that oh, he's yeah, getting into. working with Trent Reznor. Mm-hmm. And right, that. and I was like, you know, on those those albums, I, I, you know, have been in constant rotation since they've come out uh, yeah. for me, because a lot of his songs I really connected with, you know, a lot of the words in his song, obviously his lyrics, great lyricist, and, and just his musicality. Mm-hmm. I just, his voice is just, you know, 
it's just one of those voices. <laughs> you, yeah. you can't. Yeah. Everybody likes to imitate it, but you definitely can't repl- replicate yeah. it. Yeah, I just I like how how diverse his his history. Oh, obviously always has. And we were talking about his reinvention and everything, but he does. He has those songs that are just ridiculous and fun, and you know, just uh, light. And then he has certain songs like there are some live albums. Well, you know the. <laughs> Um, the My Death actually is one of his songs that that live version. I cry every time I listen to it. Mm. I can be not even thinking about anything else. I'm not sad, nothing, but that comes on, and by the end of it, I'm in tears because yeah. it's just. It's not even that it's so sad. It's not. It's not. It's a beautiful song, but it's just it. Something gets you, and you just. I don't know. It's well, he, just has very this, he has this haunting way. That's why I, I think I like about his voice too. He has this haunting way of singing, but it's so different each mm-hmm. each time period like i think mm-hmm. that's that's what surprised me because i i knew 85 bowie like that was you know mm. my first experience with bowie was live aid you know like and dancing right. with the streets and right. you know, all the music videos china girl you know and and that stuff i i liked it but it wasn't like he was just part of you know it's like the oh, you think of the laugh olympics or or like Hanna barbera mm-hmm. back then it's like it was part of 85 86 you know that time period but it was probably he's collaborating a lot too yeah he's collaborating a lot it was probably in the 90s when i really discovered like his early stuff where ziggy stardust Mm -hmm. and then watched the concert and and that's the stuff that's you know that i really love like i really got into Mm -hmm. the the glam i don't even i hate even that title even that's what it was but that whole glam scene like uh I really love that style of music and that sound. Mm-hmm. Even songs he wrote yeah. that he didn't sing, like all the young dudes and all. I mean, mm-hmm. he, that he did wrote for other bands. So that's that's my favorite mark. Bowie, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I've. It's funny when I was younger. <laughs> when I was younger, and I was realizing that I liked David Bowie, but I still didn't know much about him because my mom actually is, it was a huge influence on me musically. I mean, had thousands of CDs and. And like was so inspirational and, and shared so much music with us. But she didn't really have much Bowie. She loved him, but for some reason it wasn't something that was in her collection. So I remember trying to find like because I was like thirteen or something, you know, a greatest hits album, don't judge me. But yeah, that's the best way to like, you know, get introduced to some yeah. music. Well, exactly. Right, right. Stuff. But you know, how greatest hits albums are for housewives and little girls. <laughs> we all know the quote. I don't know. But... I still my Queen's greatest hits CD that got me into all no, their music. I, I still have some But <laughs> yeah. anyway, the greatest hits one that I found was not probably the one that I was looking for. It was just a collection of his really early work. Like we're talking about the stuff where he has manipulated his voice to sound like a gnome and it sounds like almost like the Bilbo Baggins Leonard Nimoy kind uh, of yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah very funny very odd very but I still loved it all I need to dig that out and and yeah, because it's, it's. I know what so you're well. talking about because it's like those sugar plums are nice and sweet, and this, yeah. and, you know, because <laughs> yeah. it's like those real early, like it 60s really stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. His, him on the cover is just adorable. It's mm-hmm. the, the worst haircut in the universe, you know, that kind of, that kind of adorable Bowie before he developed. But we, we, you could tell he was still brilliant and had all these creative ideas. Yeah, it's still definitely fun. But I'm like, wait, where's Let's Dance? Where's you know? <laughs> See, that's what's great about if you subscribe to, and not that I'm doing a commercial for iTunes, but mm. the, the iTunes Music Library, you know, I, I even though we all have Prime and it is great, I, they, they just seem to have everything. Like right now, you go like I have all of Bowie's collection. I've had it before, but I it's also there in the in the iTunes Music Library for mm-hmm. free for listening. 
And I was just, I was on there just finding so many great, you know, some of those older recordings that you're talking about that, uh, that I completely forgot about, or even just their whole, they have the whole discography or, Mm -hmm. you know, so yeah, it's a great way to, I'm glad that it is so easy now to find music and, and, uh, uh, you know, when, when something like this happens and it reminds you of, of an artist that you do want to listen to, you know, you get to just kind of access it right away without having to, uh, you know, go digging through my collection. Cause half the time I'm like, I'm just adding stuff to my, from the digital thing that I know I already have, but I'm just too lazy to go search for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much like, uh, movies, but, but <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible movies, now. <laughs> yeah. There's so many movies that I have and I never watch them. And then I see them on Amazon Prime or something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I love this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, it's like three feet away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Or when a movie's on TV and I'm just like, oh, I have this on Blu-ray. It's better quality on Blu-ray. And I'll yeah. just change the channel and not fucking watch it. Like <laughs> yeah, that. I, yeah. <laughs> I've done that. I mean, I've ended up watching movies that I have commercials you know i'm watching commercials <laughs> and i could just go watch the movie but i'm gonna wa- end up watching and then you it can even say like hour. oh they cut this part out <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm watching like the channel five version oh, of uh you know funny but yeah well i kind of miss that time when when i used to watch it for for quite a while there was maybe about two years when I didn't have cable just because I was like super poor and oh my god rich people had cable right and yeah. and that's there's nothing wrong with that I probably still should be on that <laughs> restriction <laughs> but you know we learned to live a little bit and make some <laughs> cuts elsewhere but anyway um I would really suck the marrow out of all of my DVDs you know what I mean I would watch the regular version the extended version the one with the commentary yeah. all the extra ver- you know I mean mm-hmm. all of this little tidbitty stuff which I have to admit I don't do as often anymore. Um, part of it's I don't have as much time, but you know, a yeah. lot of it is I don't I don't know maybe. And they don't they maybe. don't actually add as many extras as they used to because sometimes yes, I look yes, at yeah, something true. yeah and I say oh mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'll I'll buy the Blu-ray because it'll be they'll have more stuff which is a waste anyway because I don't end up watching or or listening to any of the commentaries on anything you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but speaking of um um there's uh I guess we should. Talk about the fact <laughs> movies? that yeah, well, both, <laughs> well, yeah, movies I guess. But a big movie came out that we all got to see, and we neither of us or none of us have really talked about uh, what we thought about it, and that was Ridiculous uh, Six. Exactly, so great. Yeah, Ridiculous Six. Um, <laughs> so I thought Adam Sandler's performance. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dude, I, I have heard to say, that. I watched a half hour of that. I'm like, yeah, out. <laughs> I, I didn't try, but I did hear it was the most successful Netflix movie of, hey. you know, ever. <laughs> yeah. Either that or Making a Murderer now, between those two. Yeah, no, that's not a, mo- a movie. I saw Making a Murderer. That was pretty good. Yeah. Is it? I know. The whole world. I, I just want not to, not to, uh, to jump around, but it seemed like when I finally got to watch the last episode, everywhere I went, everybody was talking about it. Like I went into my, my smoothie King store. They were talking about, it. I came into work, they were talking about it. And it's just so weird. Cause it's not like it was on regular TV. This was on Netflix yet. Everybody seemed to have streamed it right at the same time. Oh yeah. But have you seen it yet, Dave? 
I have not, but you know, uh, it's all right. You don't have to worry about spoilers for me. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. That's what the funny thing is about that too, because it's like spoilers on this guy's real life. Like this guy's sitting in jail. He's like, spoilers? Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> you don't want me to ruin your lives with spoilers? Right. Well, something something you had mentioned because we had discussed it too is like if you are in that area, this isn't news. Like this is something that's been over there, or or maybe parts of it would be like the undercover stuff that they they talk about, but um. A lot of this stuff, people are just like, oh, yeah, I know about that story, you know, whatever. Whereas people maybe who don't live around there, such as myself, I'd never heard of this case yeah. ever. <laughs> you yeah, know, so I it was all, it really was spoilers. And I'll just say, the show's called Making a Murder on Netflix. I'm sure the whole world's heard about it. But um, I was just surprised. The first episode to me, when I watched it, I didn't really think there was much more <laughs> that they had to tell us. And I'm like, wow, how's this going to spread out to 10 episodes? Yeah. I was wrong. So. (laughs) Yeah. I felt the same way, though. At the end of that first episode, you're just like, okay. And all was well. Yeah, I know. Yeah. (laughs) And they lived happily ever after. The end. The other nine episodes are all about how great his life is (laughs) now. (laughs) Musical numbers. But uh, yeah, no, you, you check it out if if it's it it'll surprise you in the way that you find you have to keep watching it even if it's not a subject matter that appeals to you because I'm not really that Dateline NBC kind of crowd. Me neither. I put it on just because I was gonna like see what it was about and ended up marathoning the whole thing on New Year's Day. And I did not. <laughs> oh, mean, uh, I did no. not mean to do that. <laughs> that was not supposed to be my day. I know. I, I still haven't watched Jessica Jones. I've only seen two episodes, and I keep oh, trying yeah, to get I back to that. Oh yeah, too. Man, I'm really bad about that because I'm just like, this is my day off. This is the only time I'm ever gonna have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so if I want to see something, I'm gonna do it all at once. I know. So that's how you have to do it these days. Is Jessica Jones good? It's, I loved it, yeah. I the, I've only saw the first two episodes, and yeah, I thought it was awesome. I thought, uh, it's yeah, it it cooks you even faster, I think, than Daredevil did. Oh, excellent. Yeah, the well, and the nice thing is they're they really are creating that world. I mean, it's all Hell's Kitchen, you know. It's all they're trying to make it um, its own universe, right? Its mm-hmm. own little pocket. And the cool thing about <laughs> Jessica Jones, I I'm I wasn't sure I was gonna like that actress as her, but I, I do. Um, but it really is, again, the villain. And, I mean, you, you saw the same thing in Daredevil where they really developed a very strong villain by the end of it. Um, this villain, I feel like they just developed a lot faster. And he – it's not just because he's David Tennant because I do love David Tennant. But <laughs> this character is probably one of the most terrifying villains yeah. I've ever seen in a in a, <laughs> any kind of movie just because the nature of his power is mind control. And that is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the the emotional stunted growth that he dis- displays, where he's basically stuck as a 13 year old who's never been had to like had anybody tell him no that he couldn't just change their mind, you know, like he he wants that pony and he's gonna you know mm-hmm. <laughs> he's gonna get it only this pony being a person or someone's death, you know, <laughs> like yeah. that's just it really is um, very powerful in the way that he plays it and the way that they play around it, even just um, the reaction of Jessica Jones to his power and like the, the gravity of it. Um, and that there was obviously a history with them before. And she's terrified that he's back is very real and not trite. You know, it's not, uh, I don't know. It doesn't have that gloss of superhero to mm-hmm. it. It, it really oh, does good. have cool. a strength of grittiness, just like daredevil was trying to do, you know, yes. 
Yeah, no, it was well done. Have you seen – you saw all of Daredevil, right, Dave? I've seen, I would say, 75% of it. I, I just need time to watch the rest of it. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. As soon as that happens, yeah, I, I definitely want to watch because I know season two is coming up. Yeah, and I, I was, to I was yeah. definitely getting into it. I, I like all the people in it. I like all the characters. You know, it's it's cool. It's well done. And, uh, you know, I used to read a uh, – I read it – you know, I had a few – uh, Daredevil issues in my repertoire back, like in my, not in my repertoire, whatever the word is, in my collection. In my tap dance, yeah. My tap dance. Mm-hmm. I, I used to, I had like you know some of the Frank Miller ones. I had the, the Electra, the Electra Frank Miller ones. I had one of the Daredevils where uh, issues where Spider Man was blind and Daredevil had to kind of help him out um, mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. So I've always liked the character and I've always liked his. You know, they used to do some stuff where he would be. And it, the, the panels would look like animation where you would see like each state of his like flip and in for each part he would have a different thought bubble yeah. attached to it and I always loved that style of you know comic book you know stuff so mm-hmm. he he definitely had a, a, a lot of influence even though I had only a few issues those few issues of Daredevil you know resonated you know in my own you know life and stuff like that so I definitely want to watch the rest of it I just haven't had a chance to just and Jessica didn't... Jones you know, I was initially turned off to it only because um, that girl, they've been trying to shove her down my throat yeah. uh, with every movie and every TV show and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of sick of seeing her. I don't, you know, whatever, but I, I, I will probably, you know, give it a shot um, because I've heard nothing but good things about it. It's and funny because I, I, even though I liked her, I actually, Breaking Bad, I think, is the only thing I, I thought I liked her in originally. Um, that was because, the only thing I recognized her from. I'm sure she's been in a million other things, and I'm sure yeah, Rich has she, even told me. But I'm like, oh, it's the girlfriend. Yeah, she's <laughs> been in a lot. Yeah, she's been in a lot of things. But they that they were trying to push her like it was the B from Apartment, C, whatever that I don't remember what it was, but it was. Don't trust the B in Apartment 33. Yeah, that's what 33. I was gonna say Apartment C, but yeah, 33. So it's some stupid, stupid show. But um, mm. I you know the only thing I find funny about uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones is. The way they talk about Hell's Kitchen, and and they, the Hell's Kitchen now, because it, it takes place now, but Hell's Kitchen is really the area you park in to go see a Broadway show. I'm not afraid mm-hmm. in Hell's Kitchen, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, but that doesn't sell papes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but the way they, the way like the king go, well, I'm gonna take over the kitchen. You're like, what are you gonna take over the parking or the restaurants? <laughs> like it's a it's a good area now. <laughs> So that's the only thing that makes me laugh when they ever they say the kitchen. It's like me saying, you know, the ozone park, you know, or some something like that. But um, uh, they, oh, I did read something about, and I was I was curious if that's going to affect these shows. But they said Civil War essentially is going to have every person under the sun in it, like the uh, mm-hmm. not this Civil War. I mean, uh, the the Avengers, the Infinity War, mm-hmm. and. They say every character that you can think of is going to be in it in every universe uh, and play some role. And it's so weird because even though they are part of this universe, they just I, – I still can't see them with the other characters. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. – It would be kind of exciting to see them fight alongside the you know, big names. You oh, know? yeah. Well, there are big names in themselves, but it's like you know to see Daredevil with uh, you know – Captain America or Iron Man or whatever the hell. Yeah. It would be kind of interesting. Or Punisher. It would be, yeah. but I mean, oh, yeah. a lot of times, even in the comics, it, when they had these giant uh, events, you know, world events or, or infinity events or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you kind of, 
you you would have these crossovers, but you would see each team or each character in its own individual role. It wouldn't necessarily be like they're all at the Hall of Justice right. or whatever, you know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. Like it would cut back and forth to those stories. So they don't necessarily have to be all up on a helicarrier or something, but um, yeah, no, they would always be all over the place. Like, like especially mm-hmm. during Civil War, they were all spread into different factions. Mm-hmm. But what was interesting about Civil War, and I don't think they're gonna be able to pull this off, but in the comics, like uh, Punisher is working with Captain America and and some of the other uh, groups, and you know Captain America doesn't approve of Punisher's methods, obviously, because mm-hmm. you know. But what's interesting, what comes out and what's interesting is the fact that Punisher is like he was inspired by Captain America when he was a kid and in the comic books. And he mm-hmm. had such a love for him that it's like in the background, he was trying to do things to get his respect without overtly trying to do that. And I was like, that's an right. interesting thing that they, you know, they don't have Punisher developed enough to really play around yeah. with that idea yet. But, but Punisher is coming to Daredevil season two. Yeah. Yeah. Blood Punisher? Oh my god, that's horrible. But- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. But, uh, yeah. No. Well, it's time to talk about that movie that we've all seen, which is Creed. Um, I, I haven't seen Creed. I'm dying <laughs> no, to see I haven't it. Seen it. I'm dying <laughs> to see it, too. I've been wanting to see it since I saw the damn first trailer. I know, and, me too. And the worst part is. I can't find it anywhere. It's, 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 I think it's going to start coming back with Oscar season again because, yeah. you know, now that Stallone won the Golden Globe is, uh, the big pushes for him to get an Oscar, but it's going to be, I need to see it because it'll be the first Rocky movie I didn't see in the movies. Right, yeah. right. So, I even saw you, five. You can't break that streak, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how you doing? You know, you I gotta see down. what I gotta see. You know, hey, Adrian. But, uh, you know, I'm just kidding. Well, I know we've all seen Star Wars, and if we haven't, there's some, then we've been living under a rock or something like that. <laughs> I can't talk about it, though. I've only seen it twice, and I, I, I gotta. I've uh. only seen it once, actually. I have not had time to go back to the theater again. Yeah. Well, I, I did, but I went and saw Hateful Eight. But I, you know. Oh, you <laughs> got to see. Well, wow. Well, we gotta get to that one too. I haven't seen mm-hmm. that. I, uh, yeah, I only got to see Star Wars. It's funny. Everyone starts their sentence like this too. Uh, I know. I know. True. I've only gotten to see it twice in this day and age, especially how crazy things are. It's surprising you got to see it once, you know. Right, mm-hmm. right. But um, but I just yeah. think you know, back in the day, I would have seen it six or seven times already. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. I totally agree. And I am going back, but I just haven't. Uh, you know, there's when you when you have a job that requires you to work more over the holidays, it's challenging right. to. <laughs> I know. Challenging to do anything. Well, that's what's that's the crazy thing because when me and Tony saw it on Friday at 7 p.m., so there had already been people in the world who'd seen it, so that was already unlike us because we would have been, you know, the first nighters as well. But then the other thing too was the uh, uh, the fact that I would have in the old days I would have had tickets for Friday, Saturday, Mm -hmm. Sunday, and maybe squeeze Monday in or something like that, you know. So. I, when we went to see it, and we just got to just seeing it once, especially that first time, there was just so much anticipation, so much happening that it was so hard to really like after it ended to know. It was almost like he just got hit by a bus or something. Like I'm just, mm-hmm. I know, I'm trying it was to such a such a wave of it, everything. Yeah, <laughs> nostalgia, mm-hmm. happiness, tears. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, there's several times I teared up, and I'm just like, oh my god, oh yeah, Star Wars movie. <laughs> you know, even <laughs> though it's I... 15 in the morning, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh, excuse me. I feel like anytime you see something that you're that excited about, 
it's always all about that um, emotion, you know, and then it takes a couple days to digest it. You know, you really got to chew on it and be like, okay, here's how I really feel about these characters. Here's how I really feel about this story. Here's yeah. how, you know, I see. And, and then obviously I want to see it a second time and see if those um, concepts hold true or whatever. But overall, I definitely loved it. I mean, I'm, de- I'm not one of those people that... <laughs> Flip flopped so quickly. Yeah, I know they gave it a <laughs> week. Backlash going on. <laughs> it's because it made so much money and people get mad. I don't get it. I, well, no, well, they, it's, they it's, say it's, it's a carbon copy. They say it's yeah. you know an unoriginal, and I'm like, no, it's not a carbon copy. It is not very original, but it is the perfect palate cleanser. That's exactly right. what they needed it to be. They needed to get the bad taste of the last trilogy out of everybody's mouth. And remind everybody that we are being true to the original trilogy. We want to remember what world we're in. We want to reintroduce characters and themes while still introducing new characters and setting them up. So I really feel like, much like the same conversation we had about um, the first the Superman movie that came out, where we're like, you know what? I think how great this movie is going to depend on how good the next one is, because it all is about the setup. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I don't necessarily feel that it's going to depend on the next Star Wars, because I think standalone, I still really loved this film. Um, but it was very methodical. There were there were specific choices made, and J.J. Abrams in um, interviews now has been saying that. Of course, you know yeah. we had to be very careful. We had to make sure that we were handling this with respect while still setting things up. Yeah, right. I I mean I I liked it. I thought mm-hmm. like I I again I my attitude towards this film was always. Uh, I didn't expect to ever get another Star Star Wars was done for me when Revenge of the Sith came out. So mm-hmm. I thought that was it, you know, because I, ne- I watched the cartoons and stuff, but I didn't really – I didn't watch it as religiously as I had everything in the past. So this was like a bonus thing for me. So that mm-hmm. I didn't go in there with, you better do this and I better say <laughs> that, you know. I, I kind of went in there with like, a, oh, this is awesome. I'm getting a Star mm-hmm. Wars movie and – it's being directed by a protege of the Spielberg world and Lucas world. You know, let's let's mm-hmm. see what's happening. So I and the fact that they brought everybody back, you know, and they figured out a, a way to do it. Um, I, I went in there completely just ready to see a movie. And I, I really, you know, a lot, like I said, it all went by so fast that I, I really needed to focus what was going on. Because Tony and I sat there in silence, like not even sure what to say because we both loved it. But it was, mm-hmm. but there was a lot to take in, you know. It was just a lot, yeah. a lot of yeah. things, and a lot of things happened in it, you know. And I, I'm still not going to go into too much detail because I figure I still know people who haven't seen it, so who knows mm-hmm. who's seen what. And I'd rather you enjoy, you know. Uh, Enjoy it rather than... You can't tell me that we're going to do a podcast about movies weeks after Star Wars yeah. comes out <laughs> and still be worried about spoilers without just saying, hey, spoilers. No. We, we can if you guys want to. That. If you want to, we can. But uh, but I'll just I'll just say I, was, I wasn't surprised. You know, that's the one thing about this movie that I think people are forgetting. It's, it's still the first movie and it, you know, there'll be more, there'll be surprises. There'll be things that'll shock us, oh, I'm yeah. sure. But I don't think this movie was designed to be, you know, surprise-filled. I think it was just designed to be the much like the way the first Star Wars film was, just designed to be an entertaining movie, you know. Right. And, uh, and, and yeah, I, I loved a lot of it. I, I felt it – for some reason I felt it was too quick in a way that I wish I had more time with everybody. That's um, a good thing. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, it's weird because it's like I was going to say – 
it was the fastest two and a half hours I've ever been to. Yeah. And I've seen it twice, and both times the movie flies by. Mm-hmm. It goes so fast. And I'm sure if I bring it home, I'll put it. It's like, hey, it's on TV, and next thing you know, it'll be over. And yeah. then the credits will mm-hmm. be rolling. Because it's just, well, that's because they kept going. They kept the pace. Yeah. Everything had a purpose. Yeah. yeah. Every, every, everything, one thing led to another. One thing led to another, mm-hmm. and it was fantastic. And, you know, they cut the, fat. The, the, complaints, the complaints are weird because, the, you know, people are just looking for stuff to complain about. And yeah, I'm sure there are people who generally don't like it, genuinely mm-hmm. are like, oh, my God, this is stupid. But some of the things that, like, one of the things that I'm kind of uh, – weird about is the fact that people are saying there's too many callbacks does he have to turn on the freaking chess set does he have to do this Uh, and i'm like you know it's part of the the technology of that you know of that world it's it it would be like complaining about the fact that you know there's a playstation in this movie just a callback for all the people who like playstation or Mm -hmm. this guy's using an iphone it's you know just for all the iphone fans and is it really that big of a of a crime to right. kind of say that anyway you know like even if it was just for the fans even if it was just like it was just kind of a warm like oh like i didn't mind seeing all those like yeah there were a lot of them big deal yeah. i was happy for seeing nine numb you know <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know what people i don't know what people wanted it, it's weird what they want to be after the prequels right the first thing everyone said is I want to see Han Solo, or I want to see, you know, it's not, there's mm-hmm. no Han Solo, there's no Luke, there's no characters that I like, there's no, like, happy. there's no Death Star-like kind of thing, you know, then they get that, like, eh, it's too much like, uh, there's a Death Star, and there's a Han Solo, and there's a, <laughs> it's like, it's like, what do you want, you know, Yeah. so, I, I don't know, I mean, I mean, you really want to think about it, Return of the Jedi had the same issue, didn't it, I mean, Return of the Jedi was essentially, uh, the same story as Star Wars, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, yeah, it's definitely, so... <laughs> it's it's crazy. So instead of giving more air to them to the to the haters, I will say I loved the movie. I loved where they went. I was surprised with how much I liked the new actors. Yeah. Um, I thought the new characters were actually very very good. Yeah. The I only like thing, it. yeah, I loved I loved Ray. I loved how they set her up, mm-hmm. and obviously was feminist yay you know (laughs) but um the other thing i thought was was strange and this is not something that i was upset of and i'm not crying about or anything like that but the only thing i really didn't feel like fit was um um finn's personality and the fact that he was so easily adaptable to social norms when he was supposed to be like this brainwashed, you know, clone, not, not a clone trooper, but, but a stormtrooper that from birth had been conditioned, you know, into this different society, this very military totalitarian kind of government society for him to like right off the bat, as soon as he meets Ray and as soon as he talks to Han and, and, you know, everyone else is just able to flow with a conversation and talk about, you know, well, you got a boyfriend, you know, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. different things like that. <laughs> he was a little, a little too socially comfortable. Um, and it didn't seem to fit his background. His personality didn't seem to fit his background. But I'm not mad at it because it still moved the story along and I like him. So it's not something that I'm like, meh, about. But it is probably the biggest thing that I noticed even in my excitement of watching the film. I'm like, wow, he would not he would not act like that. You know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm like, that's not, that's not right. <laughs> he was an angry guy. That's a, and it made sense why he was like that. Cause I didn't know, uh, when they made him so angry, when we first saw the, um, uh, you know, the clips, I just thought he was going to be a guy who was pretending to be a stormtrooper. I didn't know it was going to be yeah. 
that he oh, was a stormtrooper. Okay. And so that was interesting the way they they handled uh, some of the history or, or the prequel stuff with the clone, you know, going back to the clone stuff and all that. Mm-hmm. But um, but I, I know what you mean. But I guess what'll what'll be telling is what the state of the uh, uh, training or what kind of facility is it that the, they're they're taken and they're bred into these stormtroopers. Like, is that I wonder mm-hmm. if that's gonna be something that's gonna be more explored and maybe it'll make sense maybe. later maybe on. Not. I mean, or like they to might me, just, just leave it up like to our imagination, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I don't think it really has to be explored, but... Right, right. That's the one thing uh, that I completely have taken from this movie and what's made the Star Wars movies endure, even the freaking prequels, is the fact that it stimulates your imagination and it makes you want to discuss and, you know, discuss the possibilities. Everybody Mm -hmm. who's leaving the theater... I'm maybe exaggerating, but people leaving the theater are, you know, talking about their own theories. Well, this person might be doing this, and that might be doing Mm -hmm. that, and all the speculation is what is the reason we go to see these movies. It's been mm-hmm. like, you know, when I would hear you and Tony talk about all the stuff that would, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I'm like, where, where are they getting these ideas from? And it's like, it's, you know, all outside of the film because mm-hmm. it's, it's something that we all um, are taking from it. We're just like, Oh wow, we want to continue these adventures. And what are the possibilities? Where can they go next? And all that shit. And it's yeah. like, what planets are we going to see? You know, what technologies are we going to see? What, who, whose relationships are, are going to change? And, you know, even if they keep the relationships, even if they do the relationships exactly like the way they did in the films before that, it's still fun to go back to those worlds. Yeah. Otherwise we, we wouldn't, you know, it's no mistake that this is like one of the I, top, I liked also that they gave uh, even some of the other stormtroopers their own personality. Like that other, mm-hmm. that one that he starts fighting is obviously somebody he knew, um, who kind of like goes at him with the with that thing that's like kind of a lightsaber. The the uh, the baton, the baton thing. Yeah, the baton. <laughs> the cow poker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The cattle prod. <laughs> but that was that was an interesting scene because it was it, you know that was you always kind of looked at stormtroopers as pretty faceless before, right? And even mm-hmm. and then the prequels just said, well, they are they're the same face, so then we kind of just didn't mm-hmm. think much about them except for like key ones. But uh, uh, what they did here, and then even with that uh, Captain uh, Phasma, Phasma, I I was surprised they never showed her. Uh, because we all know what she looks like, so I was kind of surprised she never took off her mask either. No, I'm glad because they, they had everybody take off their mask. Everybody was yeah. taking off their mask. Yeah. She <laughs> on, it's fine. She got uh, plenty more movies coming. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm curious <laughs> to see what they're gonna do with her because obviously uh, she's in a garbage chute, and unless I'm sure she got out somehow. Did, was anyone else just kind of like heartbroken that there was a Weasley? Um, like leading the troops. Yeah. Like <laughs> I kept being like, "Oh, your mother would be so disappointed." Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> your brother died for you to live a great life. I know. know? <laughs> and here you are leading these these bad people. Yeah. <laughs> and I liked I liked what they did. I liked what they I liked Kylo's character. He I thought he was really Me interesting. Too. I thought he Me was too. um somebody who. Uh, I like this the juxtaposition of having the hero and the villain both growing at the same time rather than yeah. one being uh, further along than the other. You know, it was, right. mm-hmm. it was really interesting. And and one of the coolest things to watch is on YouTube. They have this thing called Star Wars Poetry, which is uh, – I, I don't even know when it was done, but it just kind of shows the prequels and the sequels uh, and the originals, all these shots that emulate each other – and the language that 
how they shared whenever they were doing specific scenes. Like if it was an interrogation scene, it looked like this. If it was a lightsaber scene, it looked like that. Like there That's was cool. a, a shared language. That is cool. And this movie, definitely why everything looks the way it does is because when some, some important piece of information is going to happen, it's always happening almost in the same locales or it, or it looks like the same locales or it's shot mm-hmm. in the same way so that you bring back that visual cue. Like, uh, mm-hmm. and spoilers for anybody, but like that scene between Han and, and Kylo Ren when they're on that, that, uh, bridge, you know, you're calling back empire big time. Um, right. and you're, you're yeah. As soon as you saw that set piece, you were like, Oh, it's done. Yeah. Yeah. You knew, what, you knew what was going to happen, unfortunately. And, mm-hmm. and unfortunately I knew it was going to happen the minute Harrison Ford said yes, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, you know, I couldn't imagine how they were getting back. So that always, so that never surprised me. <laughs> My friend was like, he's too expensive to put in the other films. They had to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he, I always remember back in 19, uh, God, what was it? Nineteen, right before Indiana Jones came out. Oh no, no, it was right after. It was 1989. Harrison Ford did this big press conference where he said, uh, "I will no longer play Han Solo. I will do one more Indiana Jones film, and that's it." You know, and it was mm-hmm. a press conference, and I'm and I I always remember thinking at that time. Return of the Jedi already came out. Like, why am I thinking that you're going to be Han Solo again? Like, I did, that was where my right. mindset was. I didn't think we'd ever get more Star Wars. So the fact that they got him back, I knew something big was going to happen. Um, and, and the only thing that would made me sad is is uh, I would like to have seen Luke and Han together again. But Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. But I know the story good... didn't really serve that, you know? So, yeah. you know? Right. But, yeah. I, I, you know, going back to Kylo Ren, I do. I one aspect of him I like a lot is the voice in the mask. I actually mm-hmm. dug it. I thought it was mm-hmm. kind of cool and and just just menacing and creepy. And he's yeah. like this weirdo douche in a mask. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's great because yeah, yeah. he's he's a poser. You know, like yeah. he's somebody yeah. who's trying to to be his grandfather and. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even really even have like that same. He's not coming from it at the same place, you know. Mm-hmm. He's just doing it because like he's 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 doing a bad rendition of what somebody else did, and that's what's great about that character, you know. Yeah, he definitely he he definitely has that emulation anxiety too. But but I will say somebody did point out, you know, he wasn't afraid to take off his mask and face his enemy, you yeah. know, when when he was called out. It wasn't you know him hiding behind a mask and and he really was like okay no whatever. I liked him a lot more than I thought I would because I don't have um, the whatever crazy general consensus is that he's amazingly good looking um, going on. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. People don't say know. he's good looking? Oh my god. There's this whole giant movement online and I'm just like, are you kidding me? I just think and he's, I, he's, not, he's not ugly or anything like that. I don't think that, but it's just all of a sudden he became superstar hot and I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't get it, That's just but people. okay. Yeah, and that's cool. Whatever, everybody needs love. Hey, Dave, but... Dave, didn't you think of when you? Because when they first cast him, right? I wanted, I remember telling Tony he was on the cover of some magazine, and I said that's got to be Han Solo's son. And Tony's like, why? I said because he looks like when they redid the Han Solo action figure with the big <laughs> giant head, he looked like oh that guy. <laughs> that's really funny because that's actually something that I was talking to somebody about going like I don't know why they cast him as far as looks go because it does not look like to me I don't see it I don't see Han or Leia 
when I look at him. Yeah, it's it's so weird. You, Dave, you remember which doll I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah totally, totally. Yeah. There's there's one that looks like John Stamos also. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird because they they made a little head Han Solo when he first came out. <laughs> it was like this little tiny head didn't even look like Han. I don't even know what it looked. Like. It was like a pin or something. And then and then they put this big giant Ewan head on him that that just was too big for his body and that's that's what this kid looks like to me so mm-hmm. i i i could i so that ruined that for me like i knew that that was going to be his son but the more surprising to me was his name like i didn't expect him to be called ben uh, mm-hmm. yeah yeah i thought that was neat <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah it was a cool little tribute it gave me a little tear in my eye when he said it and i was like oh yeah they yeah. named him ben yeah. <laughs> 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 Why are you peeing, yeah. sir? Match. <laughs> <So many. laughs> yeah, no, it was oh, it was it was fun to see it in the theater again. I, I did you guys to see it in IMAX 3D or or you saw it regular? I saw it in 3D, but not in IMAX. What about you, Div? Oh, I saw it regular. I saw it like uh, because of the showings and. You know, the times out here, it was impossible to get any tickets. And yeah, yeah. I'm surprised I got to see it when I did because it was r- ridiculous. I'm like, all right, there's one seat at 6 a.m. <laughs> this Sunday, I'm going. Wow. Right. So I went and did that. But, uh, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I definitely want to revisit in 3D. I heard the 3D is really cool, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean. 3D is, is – mm-hmm. well, I, I wouldn't say it's earth-shattering, but it's – there definitely is served its purpose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the, and the thing too is, I think you should. Like, I thought it was amazing to see it in IMAX, but then I also liked it better in regular. But mm-hmm. but in IMAX, it was still something to see as well. The only thing that threw me in IMAX though was, I know it's so weird, but it, what threw me was the the crawl. And Tony said the same thing. We both had a weird reaction to it because it it looked like it looked like video, like it like. Almost like something we did on Tony's old VCR oh, for a second. Okay. So that's that so, so that was the only weird thing with the crawl in IMAX. But besides, yeah, that, I also also like I was afraid. I I, I kind of didn't go too crazy looking for 3D showings for the first time anyway because I was afraid that I was going to um, uh, critique work. it like that. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like because every time I watch a 3D movie, I'm just like, oh, they could have done this. Oh, I would have done it that way. And I'm just like, no, don't yeah. do that. I don't want to do that for Star Wars. I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, to just enjoy it for what it was. So I gotta say, uh, until I see it again for the for the 3D portion, I really enjoyed it. Um, but it was one of those situations where I, I did kind of forget I was watching 3D, and it, mm. I don't know if that's because it was really immersive or because it wasn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they tell. say the best Either 3D is not So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I thought it was great. There were certain scenes where it popped out at you, obviously, like some of the some of the stuff that's obviously like really. Um, made for it, the space scenes, things like that. But when I, for most of the movie, it just kind of felt in depth, and to me, that was a success. You know, um, so I, I don't know. I, until I see it again, I, I won't notice because I was, I was, I was too busy paying attention to what was going on <clears throat> on the screen, not how far out it was popping, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or yeah. how far back it was going. You know, creating that depth. Yeah, I mean, I, I had those little problems, some ghosting things that happened. But I didn't see that oh, in I didn't the regular. See that. Yeah, I didn't see that in the regular screening. I only saw that in the IMAX one. So. Like an IMAX screen because you know they're making it, uh, they're kind of cheating it, mm-hmm. basically to, to fit on those mm-hmm. big screens, and you know they, it ends up uh, suffering a little bit for that. But you end up kind of just getting lost in the whiz bang anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> but I definitely want to see it. I'm dying to see it in 3D. 
because um, who doesn't want to see laser beams and spaceships mm-hmm. flying around? Like that? So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a shame the theater by me and that was IMAX didn't have it, and I I just felt so bad for that theater. You know what I mean? Where yeah, you know, there's obviously these bidding wars for who gets it and who yeah. doesn't when there's theaters close together and different stuff like that. But uh, man, I just I did I felt so bad for the IMAX theater because what I was are like, they playing over there? Are they playing Hateful Eight? It was um, Mockingjay. Oh, when, oh, that's when right. Star Wars was, was released. Out. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, you know, it's, it's one thing that's that's been thrown around today. Actually, was um, I guess the, they're hinting at the fact that uh, Han Solo may make an appearance in this new Rogue Squadron movie, like a cameo. Mm-hmm. And because of that, uh, they've been kind of scrambling to cast Han Solo for the young movie. Yeah. And so I don't know if you guys have heard these choices. I, I wish, yeah. I, honestly, I wish <laughs> they just go with somebody new. You know what I mean? Just, just yeah. find somebody. But have, have you heard these choices, Dave? You haven't heard them? No. Yeah, go Jackie, you have heard, you've heard some of them? Yeah. Some of the names I didn't recognize um, and didn't like look them up, but the ones that I did recognize, I wasn't yeah, sold on. <laughs> like, like the first one, this, to me, this is just, Oh, this person's a famous, uh, you know, is an actor. Or I've seen him in a movie, kind of guy. Miles Teller from Whiplash. Um, I like him, but <laughs> mm-hmm. nah, not Han Solo. It's kind of mm-hmm. he doesn't look anything like him. Not even a young version. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't yeah, have a personality for him. It's just a weird fit. I mean, he's kind of like a dick, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. But he's you know, kind of he put, like he puts off that dicky vibe, that shithead, you know, Han yeah. Solo. But no, I wouldn't want to see him as. But he he kind of he's more of a Jesse Eisenberg kind of dick rather than a Han Solo kind of dick. I think <laughs> uh, that, that's a weird sentence that I never thought I'd say. <laughs> he's a bit more of a Jesse Eisenberg kind of dick. Yeah, especially <laughs> since I'm at work, so who knows who what what anyone just heard me say. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, uh, Dave Franco, which that's another choice. That's just I really like, strongly he's disagree. Too yeah. He's too weasel. Yeah, strongly disagree. And I like him in certain things. I mean, he he can be very good in roles, but I just don't, sure. I don't I don't see him as this. Yeah, I don't really even I can't think of his face, so it's not even. Uh, I don't know who this is. Jack Raynor from Transformers. I don't know. I guess this was the fourth yeah. one because it's spelled trans. Four, yeah. MERS, M-E-R-S. So, <laughs> Thank okay. you. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't help. Uh, Scott Eastwood for The Longest Ride. I mean, for The Longest Ride. Listen to me, I'm giving awards out. Of I know. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, Eastwood <is> a cho- <laughs> Scott Eastwood is a choice. Which I, I mean, he looks like his father. He doesn't look like Han Solo to me. So, mm-hmm. uh, Lorgan Lerman. I don't know who that is. He's from Perks of Being a, a Wallflower. Uh, so, I don't know who that is. Emery Cohen, who's from Brooklyn, and then there's someone named Blake Jenner from Glee, and I don't remember, I don't know who that even possibly is. A couple of them, a couple of those names must be the photos that I saw, but I don't recognize them just by their names, but there was the, um, one of the guys from, oh gosh, what was that John Green movie? Okay, okay. Um, the Fault in Our Stars. Oh, he was, oh, John, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, not that John. What was I talking? About? I said Freddie got fingered. Who's who's not <laughs> Tom John? Green. Tom Green. Is it okay, John? Sorry. Green? No, not Tom Green. No, no, no. Is it John? It's somebody. Somebody Green. I don't know. I haven't. Yeah, read John. Books. I think you're. But right. anyway, the um, the main male lead um in 
the movie I just named. Yeah, and, I know. Fault in our stars. Yeah. yeah, the Fault in Our Stars. And yeah. then one of the other kids was in, he was like the douchebag in the Insurgent films. Like one of the traitor friends. Actually, the other guy was in the Insurgent films also. Yeah, and it's hmm. just I'm like, why are we why are we pulling from the same kids again and yeah. again and again? Yeah. Just like you said, well, why I'm, can't we find somebody? I know. Right I feel like I'm role? seeing the same people in every movie. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw The Martian, and they just had. I'm like, I just saw every one of these people probably in the same movie. <laughs> I thought they yeah. wasn't it I like they the filmed Martian, Interstellar? I, I, I did too, but it was weird that the, it was like Interstellar. They were filming that, and they said, "Hey, you guys want to be in this movie? Yeah, right? all right. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> a lot of people from that movie that. were in this movie. Yeah. That was kind of weird. My favorite part of that movie was that they had the Council of Erebor and Sean Bean was in the room. Yeah. And I was like, yes! <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. By the way, the, how does anyone feel that that just won Best Comedy last night? It's pretty ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> Wait, the what, thing is, though, people laughed that whole movie. Martian, the Martian, Martian won Best Comedy? Yeah, it's the Best Comedy, and Matt Damon won Best Comedy Performance. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I With mean, people potatoes. do laugh. There was a lot of laughter in that movie when I saw it. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think it is Iron pretty Man. Ridiculous. Iron Man hands. But, okay. <laughs> it was just weird. I, I still think it's weird that uh, a what cool What was he weird... up against? Like, oh, was... who? Uh, Matt Damon? What were the, just any of the comedies that came out that were nominated? I didn't. I was at work. I didn't see anything. The, the, what was weird is I would say most of the movies weren't even comedies. They were that like the only two movies that were definitively comedies in that category were Trainwreck and Spy. Oh, and Trainwreck didn't get. I mean, Trainwreck no. was good. Trainwreck was good, and Spy was good. Have you guys seen that? I, I haven't seen, seen Spy. That. I really like Trainwreck though. I gotta oh, see Spy. Spy was so good. I love that it? movie. Yeah. yeah, that was a fun movie. Jason mm. Statham is is awesome in that movie as well. And I, and. He's, you know, I mean, he's, he's, I don't really follow him very much, but he was really yeah. funny. But it is, yeah, I, I love that movie. Um, I forgot what the other two movies were, but they weren't comedies. They were right. kind of like The Martian as well. Right. Where and, they were funny movies that had funny parts. Yeah. Or funny lines. Because <laughs> then the, the Martian, other. Joy, Spy, The Big Short, and Trainwreck. Right. Those oh, are... The Big Short. I just saw that. Yeah. And well, that's... I still want to see that. I haven't seen that yet. That's not a comedy. I mean, it's. I mean, it's a comedy in the fact that the director was a comedy director, <laughs> you know, yeah. but it's not really a comedy. No. Um, it was a good movie. talking about dramatic performances, even from Steve Carell. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, it was, it was a very well done movie, and Joy, I don't think, is a comedy, probably. It's, it's probably in the same way that the other movie she was just win with everybody was a comedy. So, who knows? Mm-hmm. But, um... The the dark the serious movies were uh, the I can never say the title Leonardo DiCaprio's movie what's that the Re- Revenant 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 that's a, is it is that it Revenant yeah Revenant or is yeah. it Revenant is there an L in there uh, I don't know about know I'm not looking at the list but it's oh okay that one for best picture um, man I can't wait to see. there's so much I want to go see that's the other thing that's making it hard to go see Star Wars again I know and that's why I went and saw The Hateful Eight because there's so much in the theater I really want to see I still want to see Spotlight I still want to see Creed I still want to see yeah. um, The Big Short and Revenant and God, there's more I still want to see that Mockingjay movie part two <laughs> yeah I didn't get to see that because it'll be fun yeah. in the theater because you know I, I actually am really losing steam on those films but this is the last one you know yeah, <laughs> whatever yeah <laughs> but I know I think we'll I'm gonna see, have we'll to see miss who it. She falls in love with this way this time. <laughs> this, yeah, there's too I much. I haven't seen the first part. I have. To, I want to see. Mm-hmm. I'm dying to see Hateful Eight. And Dave, you saw that 
you did get to see it in 70 millimeter, right? Yeah, I got to do the 70 millimeter thing. Oh, how they was have that? A, they didn't have it. It was pretty awesome. Um, just for, as an ex- movie going experience, it's it kind of harkened back to the days when you know Richie, when we go to the theaters and you get a program when you go. Oh wow! And then, mm-hmm. and then you sit down, and then there's there's like uh, an overture, you know, mm-hmm. before the movie yeah. starts. And an intermission. And then there was an intermission, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I really dug it. That's another movie where. Maybe I'm just excited to be going to movies and stuff, but you know that one flew by also. That one, yeah, like the the first the first, you know, the part before the intermission. I think it's like two hours before there's an intermission, and I was just like, wow, that was two hours! Holy crap! Mm-hmm. It's like you know there are movies that are shorter than this that feel longer. Wow, and, mm-hmm. and uh, so, you know that's a testament to you know. <laughs> how he works he does mm. great work <laughs> this was probably one of the most like tarantino-y tarantino yeah. films right <laughs> <laughs> that i have ever seen he was like i'm just going it's, full tarantino <laughs> i know there's there was just the only thing missing was a jukebox in the in the, in the <laughs> yeah in the, in the little cabin so yeah i'm dying to see it. i gotta i gotta see if it's still playing in 70 because it was actually in one theater way out there for me but i was gonna make the trek but it just fell right at Christmas time, which is just impossible to do anything. But mm-hmm. uh, I was I was curious. There was this whole controversy. Uh, the theater, Dave, that you took me to, the yeah. Cinema Dome, um, or the Cinema Rama. Sorry, yeah. yeah the I, I didn't know if that movie ended up getting to play there. Because did you no. hear when Quentin was on Howard? Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a real weird thing that happened where they were booked to be in that theater and then. Disney kind of threatened the Arclight Theater and said, if you don't play Star Wars here, you know, then you... Uh, not getting it. <laughs> you're, not, you're not getting... You know, any of your Arclight Theaters are not going to be getting Star yeah. Wars. So, yeah, they, they got into real bad. So I didn't know what the resolution was. I thought maybe Howard came and saved the day because he, he basically seemed to have pleaded to uh, President of Disney because he said he was a friend of his, Bob Iger. Right. But I guess that didn't work out in the end. no. No. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy because he was pretty. He was pretty. He got a little emotional over it. It sounded yeah. like because he was very. You know, he's like, "This is the theater. I, this is the theater I wanted to see it. You yeah. know, basically. And yeah. imagine, you know, you put all that hard work into it. And you want to see. You're doing it for a specific purpose. You're going through all the trouble to film it a certain way so that it plays mm-hmm. best in the theater in that, that it's theater. designed to. Yeah. Be and he can't play it. And that's just. I'm sure somewhere down the line they'll be able to play it, you know, because it's obvious this movie's not going to go away. You know, it's, his mm. movies, uh, you know, endure. They're pretty classic, you know, regardless. They do, but I, this is one I got to admit. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the crowd, I think, will be smaller for this one. The enduring crowd, because it is so delicately offensive. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah. It is probably the most offensive film that I've ever seen from him wow. um, in in the things that they say and in the people that they are. I mean, it's it's called The Hateful Eight. Yeah, they yeah. set it up so that you should not be surprised at anything throughout the film, but it stays hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it, it gets real racist real fast, you know, mm. <laughs> like real um, violent obviously and these are these are all kind of awful people except for the one good person in it and i'm so mad about what was his name bob no not bob bob was the mexican bob oh, yeah, um, i didn't see it so don't say anything <laughs> oh no what was his name though the carriage driver oh yeah, Obi. yeah, yeah, yeah. Obi. Right, right. 
Right. Um, Michael Parks' son. No. Yeah. Right. What was and what is his name? Andy Parks? Yeah, I don't know. But I know oh, what character you're talking about. Yeah, he was so great. He was he was the but only the, one of them. That's the thing. It's like good. with this movie, um, you, you're right about that. That it's it, it tries really hard to be you know offensive because apparently these guys are shitheads and you, you want to hate them. <laughs> right. But right. Exactly. There's a, point, it, it, there's a purpose. But there's a point. Is that the original name? A, the shithead eight. <laughs> yeah, the shithead eight. You know. But the thing is, though, there are certain moments where the the racism did feel like it was being played for comedy, and it's not funny. Mm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like yes. there's certain things where. Or in any other situation, you know, they're saying this ridiculous word back and forth, and it's like, okay, we get it, dude. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, very much how I felt about um, what the first time I saw Moulin Rouge, not for racism or anything like that. I was gonna say, but huh? that, that first thirty <laughs> minutes is so Baz Luhrmann. You know what I mean? He's really kind of like throwing it all in your face so that you can acclimate to the world that you're about to spend the rest of your two hours in. And I felt like that was kind of what he did with Hateful Eight. Where, you know, right off the bat, there's so much awful um, vocabulary and thoughts going back and forth um, to kind of try and acclimate you for the rest of the film. But even then, there are some points, as Dave mentioned, that are they're they're unnecessary. And I'm not trying to whine about it. You know, I'm not on my period or whatever. But still, no, it just it's, it's, it's a really valid point. I mean, I. I I, I felt a little uncomfortable while watching it, but again, that's mm-hmm. I guess that's the point. You want to he wants you to squirm. Yeah. He wants to get a reaction yeah. out of it, and he can't. He's got to stay true to what it is that he does. I don't have to like it, you know what I mean? Nobody yeah, has yeah. to like mm-hmm. it, um, and that's the thing. And, and you can appreciate that kind of integrity, but at the same time, it's like you know it will put off people, especially you know yeah. if you're trying to trying to win Best Picture. <laughs> it's right? Like, yeah. You know, well, it wasn't nominated. I mean, I, yeah. I know that they said that it didn't make the deadline, which is the first time I ever heard that there was a deadline for the Golden Globes. But um, mm-hmm. the only thing that did win it did win one Golden Globe, and it was for. Uh, Eno Morocco, because I I didn't know I when I saw the, his <laughs> wait, name Eno Morocco I'm sorry, did I say Morocco? Eno Morishoni Morricone, yeah, I can never say his name. But it was funny yeah. is I thought that they were just using his old music. I didn't realize that he actually no. got out of a chair and and conducted yeah. this 87 year old man. That was probably you know? the biggest surprise of the credits. I was like, what? First of all, the fact that um, Tarantino was using any score whatsoever, we know is not like him. Yeah. Um. In in but most films, that. I've. Hmm? I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 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 Go ahead. Oh no, no no yeah. So um. <laughs> but yeah, very very odd for him to use a score at all. And and there wasn't a whole lot of score in this movie. But that opening overture was gorgeous. Yeah, mm-hmm. I. I, I I'm gonna say is Robert Rodriguez probably feels like shit because he did a, he did the score for Kill Bill too. He does well, the score for that. <laughs> no, I know he. <laughs> I said most of his movies. I know yeah. he, cause he oh. did that for no, free. Most of the time he did it for usually, a dollar. He usually, does why... those, yeah. he usually uses music, like songs. He never really he never really has a score. I know what you mean. Like He yeah. never really... Yeah. No, the but... whole point, Robert Rodriguez did Kill Bill 2 to prove a point to Tarantino that right. he should embrace having a score. Like, I, I remember right. all that shit. Don't tell me I don't. I know Dave. No, I'm not saying you. No, I'm not saying you. I'm just saying like people, you know, people are saying, well, I don't know. <laughs> you know it's funny though dave I, I massacred what's his name's name but i pretty much he he scored my film don't you remember <laughs> which which one deadly songs i mostly used uh untouchables was his score oh that's right during yeah. the big moment at the end that's right yeah 
So yeah, yeah. well, throughout yeah. the whole movie, even like when there's a saxophone or whatever, <laughs> it's uh-huh. weird. But uh, yeah, so I, I I was surprised that he uh, that he did this. So it was, I guess, the push is to try to get him an award because he's, I guess, he's never won an Academy Award. Uh, or well, anything. I don't think that he really makes movies for awards. Like. I don't think that he cares. I think it would be oh, nice. Oh, no, no, I, think I mean... I think it was nice. No, uh, who are you meaning? Uh, the I'm, composer? I'm talking about Tarantino. Are you talking about Ennio? Yeah, I'm talking about him because Tarantino is pushing to get the award for him because he's uh, never well, won cool. an Academy Award. Yeah, because he accepted the award last night at the Golden Globes and he kind of... He didn't He didn't do the smart thing, which is uh, he said... Uh, he said that Eno is, is not even in the ghetto of movie... Of music composers, he is actually uh, like in the composers of Beethoven and stuff like that. So he, mm-hmm. I understand what he was trying to say, but it kind of just shit on everybody, every composer in the room at that point. Yeah, <laughs> saying that yeah. they're all in a ghetto, you know. So uh, yeah, it didn't really come off as well as. Like as pushing buttons, he might get his wish of working on only ten movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but I don't know if, uh, yeah, Vina will win this one. But, I know, um, it's so funny because there's so many of his movies that I like, but I'll have to admit, a lot of times when I am listening to him in interviews, I'm just like, ah, he's such a dick. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah he's hard like, to... I don't think I really like him. And I don't know, that doesn't matter. It's not like, you know, he's not trying to, like, be my friend. And here's, <laughs> you know, here's the thing okay. about, yeah, here's the thing about him, too, is he's he is a great, uh, he's somebody who I call... Uh, he, he's able to take a subject matter that he grew up with and make it interesting and instead of just regurgitating something that you've seen before and yeah. then you're like, oh, that's just a copy of this. So he's mm-hmm. a great uh, cover artist, I would say. Well, he's an artist. Mm-hmm. He's a great artist. He, Absolutely. Yeah, he's a great cover he's artist. Able to take, he's able to take what he, what he what influenced him and kind of spin it into a new thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I can and, never stand listening to him, you know. But I, yeah, I know. That's the that's mm-hmm. always been. That's why I never listen to his audio commentaries or anything like that because it's just, <laughs> it's very self-serving, and mm-hmm. you know, it gets hard to. He listen. likes to say, "Here's the thing." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I walked into the room, I didn't know what I was gonna do, but I did it. You know, like that's the kind of. <laughs> but I do like I love that um, from *Dust Till Dawn* commentary that he does with Robert Rodriguez. Like I love the two of them together. Yeah. That's that's kind of like a warm place for me. I'm just like oh. <laughs> no. Like I'm so happy they're friends. You know, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but um, yeah, I have to I have to see the hateful. So, Dave, do you think uh, *Hateful Eight is worth making the 70 millimeter trip for, or do you think it could just be enjoyed if that's without seeing it in 70 it really depends i mean honestly i i saw it i thought it was great the way it was it was more of the gimmick of going to see it that way mm-hmm. more than anything for me um you know if you're a film scholar and you know appreciate seeing stuff i think it's worth it just to go because we don't get very many experiences like that anymore yeah you know mm-hmm. and it is a longer version of the movie so you get more of a cinematic experience oh, than it seeing really? it regularly. yeah it's like 12 minutes longer so. Oh, okay. so um it's it's uh i say it's worth it for for that you know just for the experience of it but if you just you know i gotta see this freaking movie and i can't you know i don't have time you definitely want to see it in a theater so um uh regardless of whether or not it it takes place in a singular location you know it's still compelling to look at the the it's 
it's beautifully shot. There's some great sound. There's some great, you know, the music is great, and it is, you know, fun to see. Uh, you know, I like seeing Tarantino's films in the theater. He did, again, it's it's he's he does some really good stuff. He uh, it's he doesn't just understand dialogue. He understands pacing. He understands, you know, how to compose. You know, how the shots can look. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 a it's a movie going experience. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, uh, you know, how many times can you say, yeah, I. I I went and saw, you know, a movie, uh, you know, his latest movie on some old equipment, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's still, it's still mm-hmm. cool to see. I think it's, I think it's cool. I, I, like I said, it's not a definite answer because I'm just kind of going all <laughs> over the place with it. But you well, know, Jack, you saw it regular, so did you? Mm-hmm. Did you feel like you could? You appreciated the, say, the vista of uh, the look of it, or? Well, that... yeah, that's the thing. I mean, obviously, I didn't see the 70 millimeter, but I still really enjoyed the film and can talk about it with you guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's not worth not having the experience just to say like, well, if I can't see it in 70 millimeter, then I'm not going to see it at all. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, so but did it look different to you? Like, did it have like a letter? Because most anamorphic films like that, they were like kind of letterboxed or they're, you know, in a regular theater. Like, did, it, did they do anything like that? Or is it just kind of presented in a straightforward? I, I felt like it was just f- presented straightforward. I didn't notice anything like that. I mean, yeah. maybe I'm crazy, but I mean, the yeah, the, well, I guess they did they did kind of shrink the screen a little bit mm-hmm. at the beginning, but they do that with a lot of things. So like I just, I didn't even notice it. It was all just beautiful to me. Yeah. I didn't really see a problem with whatever it was. If they doctored it a little bit to make it work, it didn't detract anything in my eyes. I think that if you can go see the 70 millimeter, you should. That's what I would have done. Yeah, it just yeah. was not available to me. Yeah, I definitely I wanted to try and see it this weekend. Maybe I'll I've got a I've got I've got a big uh, show to see this weekend. Uh, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, <laughs> which is happening in uh, I don't know what that is. You know that it's a kids show, but it's one of those kids shows where it's live. So oh, cool. we're taking uh, my son to see Daniel Tiger live. Hopefully, you're not taking scream. him to see Hamilton. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I know. Would that be? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would love to see Hamilton, which is. Uh, I finally got oh, to hear the yeah. album, and it's uh, it's really good. But um, nice. uh, there's another movie that's coming out, which I don't know if you guys ever saw this movie. It was there was a movie called uh, Nixon Meets Elvis on Showtime. This was yeah. It sounds so weird, right? It came out. Was it, it a Bubba Hotep sequel? Yeah. Or something? <laughs> it was. It was based on this. It's funny because there's a picture of Nixon and there's a picture of Elvis, right? And it was always no one knew how this meeting happened, but El- Nixon gave him an award. It, Showtime made the movie of what that was, and it turns out, you know, Elvis was kind of on this journey thing happening where he was just driving. He decides he wants to go talk to the president about the indecency of the world and at the same time nixon is looking for some sort of popularity and he's looking maybe uh, you know his his age is like maybe if you can get press with some popular movie actor or a rock star or something like that so it just kind of these two worlds collide and the showtime movie was fantastic like it me and and my friend Lacey were always quoting this movie apparently i saw this trailer for this movie and it's Elvis and Nixon, and it stars Kevin Spacey as Nixon. But the weirder choice to me was the guy, the person they got to play Elvis is Michael Shannon. You know who that is? Mm, not coming to me. He was in uh, uh, the last Superman movie. He was Zod. 
Oh, okay. Does anything about him scream Elvis to you? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's Ooh, interesting. The weirdest choice, but the the trailer, it's it's a comedy as well. It's it's really weird that they remake. Con- I mean, I don't think it's a remake, but it's just that story. But that's a movie that's coming uh, in April, I think. That uh, was a surprise. Well, <laughs> did you have you ever seen Drunk History? I've seen episodes, yeah. Oh my god, I love that show. But there's an episode where I swear they must be telling the story, but the person's drunk, and I was only half watching, and I it sounded like, you know, Elvis was doing secret work for, <laughs> for <laughs> the Nixon. government, yeah. and he got this thing. But that the person who they cast to reenact the drunk history, you know, reenactment, was Jack Black as Elvis, and that was really <laughs> good. Maybe a stranger choice, but I That's think, pretty you funny. Know, worth revisiting if they were going to make another movie. <laughs> well, that's 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 how he was at that time too cuz he was really ironically Nixon appointed him to be the guy to to help fight against drugs and he gave him this badge <laughs> and everything. But at the time he was so heavily addicted to his his own drugs, you know, this prescription drugs that it's kind of ironic that that he was doing that but it's he's going across the country and everywhere he shows up people always uh, uh and he's like, "Yeah, hey, it's me." You know, it's like that's that's the kind of he walks into a room and he's just you know Elvis, so yeah. Jack Black was the perfect personality uh, if that's they wanted funny. to do that. That's funny. Well, I don't know if for anyone who hasn't seen that show, I, it sounds like a strange thing for me to plug, but it really is hilarious. It, um, <laughs> the, the makers go to different towns and um, select different people in each town who are kind of like an expert on their story, and they just kind of sit down, get them completely hammered. And then that that expert, like totally drunk, um, tells the story of whatever historical figure or or event that they're in charge of. And then they get real real actors to reenact. But it's all the drunk person's voice that is over overlaid onto everything. So all the actors are basically just lip syncing, you know, from yeah. um, from their perspective. And it's hilarious because the people are so wasted they'll be like falling down or they'll get distracted because of a puppy or you know like they'll start <laughs> playing with the boom mic and it's really yeah. it's pretty amazing yeah, even no, if it's you don't drink show. watch the show <laughs> it's i mean it's definitely you could probably catch it oh that was the other trailer i saw uh i saw mm-hmm. when you speaking of dog and and uh comedy central there was a trailer for the new key and peel movie and it's called keanu and it's about two – they call themselves uh, – oh, my God, I forgot the name. But it was a name for black nerds. I forgot what they called themselves. But uh, they're two nerdy guys, and they're trying to find their, their cat, Keanu, and they have to infiltrate uh, a drug cartel in order to find their cat. <laughs> so that's the, st- okay. that's the story. So that will be Key and Peele's first movie that comes out. That's I think funny. That's in April as well. So. But yeah, you should That's cool. That. Yeah, I didn't see that trailer. But man, there were some good trailers in the Star Wars movie, though. I yeah. can't wait for Civil War. I can't wait for Civil War. And Donna Justice. Mm-hmm. And Deadpool. And man, this is going to be like such a great year for movies. Even if they're bad, I'm still just like so excited yeah. to just have them. Everybody keeps talking about what's going to be the best superhero movie and this, that, and the other. And oh, this one's not going to be as good as the other. And I'm like, dude, I'm just happy they're here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> We have a reason to go to the movies and get our faces blown out, you know? Yeah, yeah awesome. man. It's I all just, good. Yeah, some I will be better being, than others. I just hate being a dick about it, but I, 
the every time I watch that Batman Superman trailer because I've seen it so many times, it's just it pisses me off. It's why like, does it piss you off? It's it's Jesse Eisenberg. He's the one. Oh, because mm-hmm. he's. It's almost like they made him the Morgan Freeman of the movie by saying, "Okay, every line that you say, we need you to say this because it's going to be in the trailer." You know. <laughs> so you know. The devil will do it, you know, like that kind of yeah. stuff. That I just, or or the one that irks me the most, and it is when he's like, Woo, uh, strong handshake. No one should pick a fight with this guy." It's like, yeah, it's like, come on. Yeah, it's like Whatever. you could do better. Than I don't that. think that he's gonna have like an insane amount of screen time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. that they have bigger fish to fry. In yeah. this movie, so I just, I just I'm not was, too worried about it. I was just hoping, you know, for a for I we've never gotten the mean uh Lex Luthor, the scary Lex Luthor. You know, we I mean the closest I came to it was in Smallville, but we never because every Lex Luthor is always kind of jokey. And even yeah. though they, they think they're doing a different version of Lex Take Luthor. Yeah, exactly. They they're still just doing another comedic version of him. So mm-hmm. that's that's my only quirk. I haven't seen the movie, so I'm still keeping an open mind about it. But. Yeah, he de- he definitely was not somebody I would have picked for Luther in a million years. Yeah, but I'm not gonna let it ruin everything. Does I just I do hope that DC can kind of start to have some of the success that Marvel is showing in their. Um, in their films and in mm-hmm. their, the universe that they've created, and I think they're that, dominating TV. Yeah, you know, so oh man, they awesome. really are. You they guys really saw, are. Do you guys watch Supergirl at all? Have you seen it? No. Do you know who was on Supergirl? Yeah. You you know? No. What do you mean? Yeah. There, a character popped up that nobody was expecting. Um, I'll just tell you because if you're not in Jimmy it, Jimmy Olsen. No, no. Uh, you know the whole premise that there's her sister works with this agency that hunts down uh, uh, people that came out of the Phantom Zone, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that part of it. But the person who is leading that, you know, it's just, he's like this black... Oh, dude. yeah! Yes, yeah, okay. Dave, I see what you're saying, yeah, I see where you're going with this. So this is so crazy. So there's one episode when he's his eyes turn red for a second, mm-hmm. and I immediately said... Martian Manhunter, Martian Manhunter, right? Did you, know? you really? You got that right off the first yeah, red eye? Yeah, I, I told Good right to job. Jen. I told that to Jen because I said – because I even told her, I said, uh, Martian Manhunter would hide on the earth before he kind of came out, so to speak. He would he would pretend to be this, you know, kind of detect- – not a police detective, but just kind of this trench coat mm-hmm. detective. And you, the only way you knew it was him was the red eyes would kind of show up. So Good job. It, I did not get that. Well, what I never expected – that they would make a reveal like when she when he finally tells the sister who mm-hmm. he actually is and Dave Martian Manhunter appeared on the screen. I mean full on It was awesome. Green That's cool. face, the cape, the outfit, everything. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, I was blown away. I'm like, wow, this is <laughs> Yeah. So I bet yeah. I don't I I don't love Supergirl. No, I don't love it either. I'm I'm enjoying it. And I'm enjoying the aspect of it being a superhero TV show for young girls to really like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and young guys too. I mean, it, I don't think that it's one or the other. But um, well, I totally but would I, have had a crush on her when I was a you know 
Boy. Yeah, I think I think it's for a younger crowd, but there's still stuff in it that I'm geeky enough to, you know, keep watching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was in love with Helen Slater, so whatever. <laughs> well, they, they're all on it, too, Dave. You know, it's funny because uh, Helen Slater plays her mother. Oh, um, really? And uh, Dean Cain is the father, but he's he's only in flashbacks. And and uh, I just read that the girl from Smallville is going to be in it as well, playing another character, um, the one who played Supergirl. So they're getting all the Supergirls together um, in this in this thing, and uh, they're going to cross over with Flash and Green Arrow, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So they all are going to be part of the same world, even though they're on different networks. You know, I was really excited. Oh, I think we, I don't know if we talked about this or not. Probably not because we haven't recorded in a long time. But yeah. um, one of the Arrow episodes actually had Constantine pop up on it, like the same Constantine from the canceled TV show, like that oh, same that's character, cool. the that's same cool. actor, everything. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Same like, outfit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same trench. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I thought that was really awesome. Um, Flash kind of keeps remaining. I won't. I won't say it's getting better, but I will say it's remaining strong. Yeah. Arrow, I do think has gone downhill a little bit, but I think people are noticing. So hopefully it'll get back up mm-hmm. to where it needs to be. Um, cancel out a little bit Gotham. of the melodrama. <laughs> I think the... uh, Gotham is pretty, pretty, pretty much the same. You know, like yeah. it's, it's still all right. Like I'm still with it. Um, I think. I think probably. I kind of feel like it. This is the season where. The creator of both those shows, because it's like uh, Greg Ber- Berlanti, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he does Supergirl, he does Flash, he does Green Arrow, and now he's got that new show, Legends of Tomorrow, which is the mm-hmm. cross the big show of Green Arrow, uh, Green Arrow and Flash, the, the spinoff mm-hmm. of that. So he may be spreading himself a little thin right now, and maybe that's where some of the maybe. quality is is getting lost on certain things. Maybe, but. Sorry yeah. for the beeping. <laughs> right, right. Let me in. Right, so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> One hot pocket to go, please. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. But besides that, is uh, well, uh, you know, we have a lot to talk about, and and uh, I'm gonna say we'll probably end the show. Now, but um, here's here's a preview of what we have to talk about next time. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> so by the time much. we get back, uh, I'll have played. We covered some, we covered a lot. <laughs> we covered a lot of movies, but we we definitely didn't talk about uh, a game that definitely has taken over my life, which is uh, Fallout. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Woo! moly! Yeah, we have to talk oh. about that, and uh, I'm I'm starting World of Warcraft, so I'm sure I'll be in that. And Dave, I know you've been playing Woo! a lot of other uh, games as well, because I see on your. Um... Actually, no, my my kids are playing them. <laughs> oh, that's what. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just like I wish. Yeah. Like I wish I had that much time to play. Oh, because the only game I've been able to play is is uh is Fallout extensively and a little bit of Metal Gear, and that's about it. Oh, Everything okay. else. Is a, I got to try out Disney Infinity a little bit. Got to try out. Um, uh, I haven't tried out my uh, Star Wars Battlefront. The boys have. I, I'm dying to play that. Um, you know, and and uh, what's it? Um, yeah, I think that's that's it, really. Uh, well, then, um, I'm gonna yeah, add well, one to your list that you're gonna have to buy, which you won't like, and and uh, uh, the Lego game. <laughs> oh really? All oh, the dimensions? Yeah. I know. Oh my god. I, 
I'm already I already have this Disney Infinity thing, and I want to buy every figure now. Yeah. And now, <laughs> now it's this Lego thing where you can play Back to the Future and Doctor Who and all this stuff together. Oh my god! Well, I I was the right off the bat. I'm playing it. I'm Batman, and then Wild Styles in it, and then Gandalf. Right? Those are the three <laughs> characters. Yeah, and you're playing all three at the same time, but you have to keep. It's it's not a game where you think, oh, I'm going to sit back on my couch and I'm just going to play a game. No, no, no. They make your ass get up out of the seat <laughs> and keep changing <laughs> things and building oh, wow. things and, you know, and, and having to do all kinds of stuff. So And then it gets to a point in the game where it's just an instruction manual and you've got to put pieces together of the Lego stuff. So that so I think that was a good primer for me for uh, a building Legos to p- start playing this game. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. I, I'll That's definitely cool. recommend this Lego game cool. to anyone. So I think think our next episode will definitely have a lot of video game stuff to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Now that I'm playing games again, which is I know. <laughs> so well, guys. Yes. So I guess we will talk very soon. And uh, awesome. I'm glad we were able to beat uh, thaw ourselves out of this ice <laughs> that we were in. And uh, we will talk soon. Woo! Woo! Smash good!